0: introducing a podcast about words about music. I'm Chris Wade.
1: And I'm Molly O'Brien.
0: And introducing on lead vocals, it's Cherie Curie, the lead singer and your wild girl of mid-70s punk sensation The Runaways. Curie lived out seemingly four lifetimes worth of rock and roll chaos and often exploitation by the time she hit age 23. We're learning all about her life, her band, and the various toxic dudes who guided both through her book, Neon Angel, A Memoir of a Runaway. But before we get started, let's introduce our own guest today. And on the third mic, on load from Piss FM, Brooklyn's premier source of piss-based independent radio, it's Emily Morris. Hi, Hello. Emily. Woo!
2: Hello.
0: Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so
1: excited. Oh, how the tables have turned. Seriously, I'm a little bit nervous. I was a guest on Emily's radio show, and it was the bomb. It was so fun. Would
0: you say it was the cherry bomb?
1: I would say it was a cherry bomb. Absolutely. Talked about Radiohead. I'm always trying
0: to talk to people about About Radiohead. Radiohead. Emily, Radiohead, pro or con? Uh,
2: Endearingly neutral. Endearingly (laughs) neutral?
0: Uh, uh, quizzingly agnostic. Yes.
2: That's fine. I haven't done a deep dive. I did like the song that you played on the show, that you chose on the show. Thank I you. have played Creep 75,000 times on Guitar Hero. Great. And yes. I recognize that as a stone cold classic. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: it's the best.
0: Uh, you can't argue with Creep. Cha-cha. Cha-cha. cha
1: Exactly. Just that, <laughs> that part
0: alone is enough to sell, a sell trigger. a rock song. It's the
1: sound of the nineties.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we're here today to talk about the Runaways. Yes, uh, the one of the original uh, teen girl rock pop sensations.
1: The original.
0: Well, what about you know the Shags or uh, who are we talking about in the uh, the Frank Zappa band? Oh,
1: the GTOs. The GTOs. Yeah, were they, were they before? I guess they, they edged him out by a little bit. A few years. Yeah, I think some
2: of the the Shirelles and the Ronettes they all came before they too, the, but yeah, they weren't in skin tight leather bustiers writhing around on stage
1: yelling
0: yeah just (laughs) just yelling yelling. and chugging out power cords yeah yeah yeah. uh what what so what we're saying is what girl groups had missed is a real visceral and uh uh, surface level liminal hatred of their dads
1: yeah i mean
2: that's always implied since the beginning of time (laughs) yeah is
0: (laughs) what is art if not being mad at your dad
1: yeah exactly
0: um so what what are your guys experience with the runaways before this?
2: Well, um I am a huge fan of the uh 2013 I would say film with uh Kristen Stewart who is my one true love and Dakota Fanning sure. who played Cherie Curry. Um and it's just a delectable piece of cinema. Like it's one of the best movies I've ever seen just in terms of aesthetics like Cherry Bomb itself is an aesthetic song, and then you have all these glamorous actresses playing the idealized version of this all girl band in the valley Mm -hmm. in 1975. It's just a, it's like a Lana Del Rey song
1: pre Lana Del Rey.
0: Amazing. Ooh, interesting. Also, I
1: feel like we've all lived several lifetimes between 2013 and now. Like, I feel like that movie just came out, and I'm like, no, no, not really.
2: Yeah, and I, I do have to say that I spent a lot of time looking at the YouTube compilation clips of Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning giving interviews and their sexual <laughs> tension just revealing itself over oh, wow. every single one. So I, wa- I did feel a little cheated that there was not a scene where Joan Jett and Cherie hooked up in the actual memoir.
1: What, was that hyped? I feel like it was hyped. Or, like, kissing scenes or something. They really tried to, like, sell it. And then it sounds like they
0: didn't deliver. Nothing is worse than pulled-punch exploitation, though, where if you're like, (laughs) we're going to make a Runaways movie and we're going to do, like, a, a kind of, like, sleazy story about these people that's hopefully, like, true to their experiences and then be like, but no girl kissing. No, 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 that's too much for our movie.
2: Right. Just instead, let's throw in a lot of dudes that are taking advantage of the young girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. I feel like that. I remember that movie coming out from the era where everybody was like, is Kristen Stewart good?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Or
0: it's like she's still. We
2: don't ask that question. Like both her
0: and Robert Pattinson were like tied to the rock that was the Twilight movies. And yes. then the last like decade of their lives have been showing over and over again that they are way better than those movies. Much more yeah. than
1: lip-biting and, and cheekbone having.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, those movies are bad, Princess folks. Stewart
1: rules. Yeah. She does. But
0: And Robin Pattinson's supposed to be very not. good in that uh, movie that came out this year. The Good, the good Time? The Good Time? Yeah, good, good Time.
2: I support him from being Cedric Diggory in The Goblet of Fire. We and just
1: rewatched that. Mm-hmm. He really glows with a, a near death like luminosity. <laughs> like you can just tell. You're like this kid's gonna fucking die. You just got. He, he has that like James Deanness about him. Yeah,
2: he deserves FKA Twigs if any of us do. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: yeah.
0: But who whom does?
1: Whom
2: does?
0: Whom uh, so Molly. What are we doing today?
1: We're, well, okay. So, I mean, like, I want to give this, a like, a large, fat content warning before we yeah. start talking. Because there's, like, copious sexual assault and rape, and there's, like, torture in it at one point, yep. basically. Um, literal torture. Literal torture. Uh, it's just, a, a, you know, ex- exploitation of underage girls. Like, it's a whole... It's a it's a mess, basically. And, and she, uh, Shuri really, I think, came at it from like a place of clear headedness. Like Yes. Uh, she, whoever her therapist is like, bravo, because I don't even know if I would be able to remotely express the experiences that she has had when she was a mere child. Uh, and this is all like m- the meat of this book is before she was like in her mid 20s.
0: Um, and so we usually consider this to be a, uh, a comedy podcast where we try to have fun and do and do jokes about the uh, ridiculousness of some of these memoirs. But uh, I guess this is the warning that it, it it may get heavy. But we'll try to 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 take everybody's stories with the uh, the weight that they deserve.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's fu- there's funny moments. As always. One cool thing
2: about being a woman is that you just have to keep living on with it anyway. So we're allowed to joke about it. It is it we is want- cool.
0: It is. It is always easier to mock and deride the uh, excesses of rock and roll men because most of them are, like, bloated monsters.
1: Yeah. Right. They're just, like, fully ridiculous.
0: Yes. They're like weird clown men.
1: Yes. (laughs) 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 They're
2: bloated clown men who have constructed their sort of palace of lies for themselves to continue to live in.
0: Yeah, and a lot of these stories are, like, When there is drama, it's, like, people negotiating living in a world of, like, unlimited fantasy for 35 years or 40 years and, like, trying to figure out how to be a human inside that.
1: Yes. Precisely. Yes.
0: But this is not that story.
1: No. Um, so she turned out fine though she's she turned okay. out
2: fine she's a survivor like she a, wields a chainsaw now for art she yeah. <laughs> so, so well, so
1: well so I can't so wait alert, to hear about that's that. like the main like one of the main things she does now is like make uh sculptures like out of, with chainsaws uh, not you know, wood sculptures with chainsaws <laughs> not sculptures made, made out, out of, of chainsaws, chainsaws. So though that, that would, would also rule and totally valid piece of art. <laughs> Do you,
0: is she like one of the women we saw at the New York State Fair who like speed carves uh, bears out of logs?
1: Basically, yeah. That's I don't know amazing. if she speed carves ever cars at a normal a normal rate, but with yeah.
0: great precision and uh, big uh, like totem yeah.
1: pole shit uh, bears and and uh, trees and. Don't well, dope. Well,
0: let's see how we get from point A to point tree.
1: It's a wild, <laughs> nice, it's a wild ride. Um, so we began, as always, uh, in, in media's res, uh, because that's how you do a memoir. I don't know if you knew this.
0: Check off your introducing uh, This is one things is where it's like, bingo. I
1: was literally born, <laughs> I was a baby in an orphanage, it was awful. Uh, so she's 15, or no, she's 14, she's getting ready for a David Bowie concert. She fucking loves David Bowie. David Bowie's her, like, North Star dude i feel like david bowie is a through line through every memoir we've talked about because really yes everyone at least if you're in the semi-right era people love like he is the groundbreaker and like the person who's like oh i can be weird because he's weird yeah he gives people permission Yes. yes so she loves him
0: um possibly the only uh Person whose death on Twitter actually warrants the uh, he gave the sincere he gave me permission to be weird. Yeah, absolutely. He let me know it was okay to be weird.
1: Yeah, him and Prince, yeah. so that was a, a. that was a double. A double when
2: a. Eddie Vedder dies of not hearing any of that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, he gave me he let me know it was okay to be like a kind of normy uh, blue collar guy yeah. who like has normal emotions,
1: free to free to yowl <laughs> at will. My raspy voice made me weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Cher, Cher is going to this David Bowie concert, and this is like this kind of is a flashpoint of like changing her life. Especially since she like she's in her normie clothes, and she's like, "Mom, we're going out." She's with her twin. She's a twin sister, Marie. Who Marie. are these Cherie. given?
0: Are these given names? These yes. are
1: given names. Okay. Um, Marie so her mom
0: like really likes chemistry. Uh. <laughs> or uh, the study just- of radiation.
1: Yes. <laughs> She really I liked
2: the I.E. Really ending. Yeah. yeah. The, the brother is Donnie and the sister is Sandy, I.E., so.
1: Nice. It, you know, it was the, it was the, it was a weird time. It was a different time. It was California. It was the 70s in
2: yeah. California. Anything was possible. And,
1: you know, they were all, I feel like they're all blonde and, like, it's easier to do that to blondes for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, all s- like, a cult that I made from my <laughs> womb.
0: There's <is> also, like, <laughs> slightly after the era where, like, every girl's name was, like, Pam or Joan. Yes. Fact. as a, the name of my two aunts
2: <laughs> shout out shout, shout to out to minute. my aunts big ups to my aunts, aunts. yes aunts everywhere
1: my friends <laughs> <laughs> um she they like are wearing their normie clothes and they change into a uh, fire engine red satin pants a t-shirt with a purple glittery thunderbolt and silver five inch platform space boots
0: wow this mm-hmm. is the
1: vibe is like extremely glam and extremely awesome um,
0: so they so they left in norm clothes so their mom wouldn't tell, tell and then changed.
1: Yeah, they changed in like How little like gas station. How do you discreetly leave bathrooms?
0: the house with five inch moon boots?
1: I think you just put them in your bag and then you get changed in like a tiny little like gas station bathroom. Yeah, it's like being a glamour hobo. <laughs> <laughs> throw it throw like, your sack over your shoulder. Yeah, head. a yeah.
0: bindle full of glitter. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't really know where you keep. I guess I guess they have cars, so they could just keep things in their car. These are the things I worry about. Where do you keep your stuff? It's hard in New York and you don't have a car. Um, she dyes her hair red, white, and blue, and her <laughs> classmates, like, she basically goes full Bowie at school, and her classmates are like, you are like, hey, Cherie, Sh- hey, did you get mugged by a circus?
0: <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> really cool do, good burn.
1: Very,
2: yeah. like, leave it to beaver insults coming at her. Mm-hmm. Like, You're a freak. You're a freak. <laughs> And she's like a blonde girl from a nice family from Encino. So, or actually, no, her parents have tumultuous times and her father has just left the house. So that's her acting out. But still, that's the level that you have to be at to be considered a freak.
1: Yeah, it's just like dyeing your hair funny colors. And then I think she might have done the the Thunderbolt makeup too one Mm -hmm. day is a whole thing. Damn. Um, But yeah, she's basically just like, I'm going to be weird and different because my parents are divorced and... Don't pay attention to me, et um, etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, shit is fucked up early. Um, <laughs> I don't how, know how, how to put to this delicately. Uh, so her sister, her twin sister, is dating this creep named Derek. Um, everyone cre- knows Derek name. is a creep. Derek sucks. Uh, Marie is in home one day. Derek comes over, and he rapes Cherie. This is her first sexual experience ever. Um, he gives her a fucking STD also. Oh, fuck. Um, and, But... The crazy thing, like, there's just so much, like, brutal imagery in this about these things that happened to her, but she says she's like, all I I could do was hurt him so bad that he would get off me. I screamed and beat against him and tried to tear his flesh right open. Suddenly, Derek, the aggressor, the bully, and the monster was yelping like a kicked dog. So she, like, fought him off. Not that that should be any kind of standard for, like, getting successfully raped. Um, You can do you however you want, but, like, she, that's like her, she... Is a physical like fighter, and that's like been, it's a theme throughout the book. Is like she that's tries true. to kick ass back. She's very tough in, mentally speaking. Mm-hmm.
2: She doesn't give up on herself easily. No,
1: um, and she's like, okay, this is like this happened to me, and this is horrible. I'm going to become the queen of hate like that's her. Yeah. She's like that uh the moment uh at the Bowie concert when I felt that I was truly invincible, that's how I wanted to feel all the time. So she's basically just like I'm going to try to be like a rock star all the time because these horrible things happen to me. That's
0: and that's like a first in our uh, impulses of like be having a a rock star or wanting, or wanting to have your your drive for fame and success become from that place of like raw survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than like Uh, You know, like becoming an identity that you believe, but but you know having it to come from that uh, that place of yeah, survival and uh, uh, um, just not even it doesn't even sound like revenge or or vengeance, but just but just like I need to have that power and that safety that comes with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just like assuming that as your identity. Also, I feel like a lot of these books that we've read is like, people are like, I was musical from an early age and like my dad always played with the guitar and we'd always sing along on Sundays. And like, she comes from like a fandom point of view. Like yes. she's like, I'm a fan first and like, I'm going to act like the people mm-hmm. that I'm a fan of. And which I think it's interesting.
2: Yeah. it just, the opportunities just sort of came to her. It wasn't like she was crafting some sort of persona, rock mm-hmm. persona. It just, it was there for her and it was her way out. So she took it. Yep.
1: Yeah. So anyway, Shuri, rough start. Uh, she goes to this teen club called the Sugar Shack, which is sounds like I wish I had uh, yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds
0: like uh, where the B-52s were hanging out.
2: Exactly. Wasn't that it, literally in the Archie comics?
0: The <laughs> Sugar Shack? Maybe.
2: That's where they all went for a sodi pop. Oh, my yeah.
1: God. And a Quaalude. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's probably in Riverdale, right? Yes. Uh, the, the, that's the reboot. I yeah. Guess. Once they start it's getting so into the drugs,
0: a good old milkshake and mm-hmm. mm.
1: Um So yeah, she goes to the Sugar Shack. She just loves to dance and wear platform shoes. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? It's the best. She gets it. Like it's all about just dancing and having fun and listening. To music. Although
0: physically, those two theme- things seem a little bit at odd with each other. But you know, I guess you have to <laughs> train yourself to pull it off.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely that easy. Such are the confines of being a woman. Yes. Uh, uh she meets this guy who looks like some weird cross between a tangerine and lurch from the Adams family. And this Donald is
0: drunk Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Kim Fowley, manager of a up and coming teen girl band that he's trying to assemble called The Runaways. Mm-hmm. Fucking Kim Fowley. I don't know, did you know anything about him before like I did. Well, I did Experience from
2: the movie in the story, yeah. and in the movie he's played by Michael Shannon. So mm, that the, sounds
0: like pretty good casting.
2: Exactly. So the combination of Lurch and Tangerine was really on point. And but, you know, Michael Shannon, he's very lovable for him being so
0: like did darkly you, psychotic. Did you see him his Iggy Pop act recently? No, he was he was playing like singing Lust for Life. At some benefit in London, oh with his shirt God. off and like tight pants, and like really doing—I don't think he was like trying to impersonate Iggy Pop, but he was like doing a whole Iggy Pop thing, and it's like
1: embodying great. Him.
0: But uh, yes, when Michael Shannon acts, I feel like he's going to come out of the screen and kill me.
2: Right, I saw him at a bookstore in Cobble Hill once with his kid, and he like. I realized it was him and I was like, oh my god, what's he gonna do? And I think he like picked up on the fact that a few people knew he was in there and he like placed this stack of five books on the thing. And he's like, I'd like to buy these books. They're a birthday <laughs> present. I'd like to get them wrapped. It's for a birthday present. <laughs> it's just like oh my god I love you so much but his character in the movie is kind of stripped of any context of him being actually a bad person yeah like just kind of an eccentric angry guy but in the book you see the psychology is pretty fucked up for this guy in real life
1: yes yes
0: how how old is he when he meets the
1: I actually don't know I just feel like in the portrayal of this book like the girls are like 16 and everyone else is like 35 yep and even if it's he isn't thirty-five, it. but like he just—he's got that
0: thirty-five feeling. Uh, yeah, he was born in nineteen thirty-nine, so in like the early mid-seventies, he would have been like thirty-four.
1: There you go. go. <laughs> got to watch out for those thirty-five. She adults. gets in
2: some pretty good digs about him, though. She's like, his underwear looks like it was a thousand years old. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. Um, so yeah, he comes up to her at the sugar shack, and he's like. I'm making a band. He's like, the Runaways, our teenage all-girl rock and roll band. They're going to be the next female Beatles. I'm the magician, the visionary that's going to make it happen. So he talks a big
0: game. I Just like general rule, if somebody comes up to you and is not actually performing card tricks and says, I am the magician, I would say avoid them.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's a hot tip. Um, he, What's nuts is that he already asked Marie, mm-hmm. and she turned him down flat. But, like, Cherie's like, ooh, cool, yeah, this sounds great. Like, this is my big break. And she auditions and, like, meets all the girls. So Joan Jett is there. Sandy West is the drummer, who she describes as being, like, could beat up a truck driver, like, has, like, amazing guns. Um, with a heart of with gold, with your arms, with a heart of gold, yeah. Um with the heart of gold. She like died of cancer like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then Lita Ford, who she described as having a sour <laughs> face, <laughs> she's
2: a maniac. I have a, a an anecdote about Lita Ford, yes. not personal anecdote, but recently I didn't really know much about her, but she apparently like went on this crusade about her husband taking away her two kids from her, and oh then God. it came out that like she was verbally abusive to the kids and the father. And she like has constructed into this whole narrative of being like a victim of narcissistic personality disorder, which in itself is a symptom of being a narcissist. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm a little obsessed with her journey too, but all all of that is foreshadowing. It's foreshadowed in the book.
1: Yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of sense for how she turned out because yeah. she doesn't sound you know, every st- everyone's story is subjective, but, like, she doesn't really sound, like, very fun to be in a band with. Not a girl's girl. Not a girl's <laughs> girl. Really a people
2: person. Yeah.
1: Just, I think maybe she'd be happiest, like, with a in a room with,
0: like, a guitar. So, that is, so that's Lita on... Uh, on the Geet. On the rhythm guitar?
1: Uh, I and? think she might have been lead. And then there's one other member who they booted um, shortly afterwards. Jack- uh, Jackie wasn't in it yet. Right. It was, like, someone else who I forget their name, but oh, they true. were, like... Trying to phase her out because mm-hmm. um, it sounds like being in the Runaways was like a revolving door of uh, talent mm-hmm. for a while. Anyway, um, but here's the crazy thing about her audition. So she she shows up and they're like, prepare a Susie Quattro song. Which I feel like Susie Quattro was maybe the only example they even had yeah, of like exactly. a woman rocking. Uh-huh. Like it was like that's it. It was, I assume it was like you know back in the day of, like, boy bands becoming a thing of, like, well, everyone should sing, like, New Kids on the Block. Like, do it like, yes. do it like them. There's no other version of that. Yeah.
2: They were trying to make five little mini cuatros. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, cinco cuatros. Quat- cinco cuatros. <laughs> cinco,
1: cinco de cuatro. <laughs> um, but she prepared the song Fever, which Lita was, like, pit. She was like, this is middle-of-the-road pansy-ass shit. <laughs> and, she, and Sherry was like, Fuck. Because she, I think her taste, like at the end of the day, I think she's kind of like a, she's like a softy, like
2: yeah. classic
1: pop kind of girl.
2: Bowie is like her out there, like he's yes. he's the, kind of her limit. Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Listen, let's listen to some Fever real quick. Yeah. Uh, this is off. Uh, Your Mama Won't Like Me, 1975. Won't like me.
2: Yeah, Lita was that, just like Fuck that. Makes this! that makes sense. Lita's trying to like
1: cut some heads off to whatever, and Shuri's trying to be like slinky and sultry and like you know mid seventies. Yes, groovy. Like play um play uh can the can in comparison by Susie Quattro
0: by Susie Quattro. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. I love this song.
1: I hadn't
2: listened to a Susie Quattro song before reading this book.
1: Oh really? Yeah. All right. The only thing I know about Susie Quatro besides, like, that she rocks is that she had a character on um, Happy Days called Leather Tuscadero, <laughs> which was, uh, I think, like, the Fonz's cousin? Or, like, she was, like, related somehow in phenotype with uh, the Fonz. Is that a Drake song? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Can the Can by yeah. Susie Quattro. Yeah, this is good rock and roll music.
2: Yeah, this is truly the blueprint for everything that they sound like. Yes,
1: totes. And so she was also very like T Rexy. yeah. Yeah, it's glam.
0: Good music.
2: It's on. Oh, so, so Cherie choosing Fever instead is kind of, like, innocent and cute. Yeah. But that's yeah. the one that you picked.
1: Yes. Exactly. Um, so... They didn't. She wanted to sing "Fever." None of the band even knew how to play that. <laughs> um, They're like, "This is like way too, way too soft and chill for us." Um, so we don't play
0: anything under 125 beats per minute.
1: Joan Jet like goes away. She's like, "We'll just write you a new song." And Cherie's like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll just write you a new song." And then the, she goes away for a half hour and then writes "Cherry Bomb," <laughs> like legit.
0: Joan Joan Jet Joan, Jett yeah. yeah. yeah,
2: Joan wrote Jet Cherry and, uh, Bomb about Cherie Curry. Yeah. using her name as an example or as a you know. Blueprint for The word cherry bomb
1: Yes Uh, And so they learn it In A short amount of time And Cherie Sings it The way It was meant to be sung And they're like Cool
0: And that sounds A little something like
1: I kind of, like, I knew how to, like, pose, but I didn't know how to, like, bring it, but she figured it out in a short amount of
0: time. Well, that's crazy that she went in with Fever, which is, like, that high, airy, croony voice, and then she comes right back this, where she's doing, like, the, like, almost deep masculine growl to, mm-hmm. like, those, like, high pitch uh, yells. Like, I'm sure she didn't sing it like this exactly the mm. first time. I'm sure she figured it out a little bit, but, uh... It's quite a different vocal performance, and it's quite a performance. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the song that made them who they were, and she was the one performing it, and the way she performed it made it what it was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think she was necessarily born to be a musician either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So she joins the band. Congratulations (laughs) to Shuri. Things go poorly immediately Once again um, Kim is a huge asshole He calls everyone dog shit Dog puke Dog cunts Dog cunts um, A lot
0: of dog imagery with her
1: of, Yeah and Only just, like, dog dogs. imagery Yeah <laughs> oh, Which is like horrific um, And when like he, Sheree talks back to him He's like "Dude, like, again?" again like, And he says like Good dog And I, I was like I got like Ugh. Gross like chills Up my spine just, like, disgusting. Um, and, of course, like, the old psychological trick is, you know, he is the one who's, like, you guys are fu- like, you guys are fucking up the future of this band. I could, like, disband you and, like, start a whole new band. And all the girls then are mad at each other because, oh, you're screwing up our future, mm-hmm. not him. Yes. You. So I think Cherie is, like, she's kind of an independent personality that keeps getting, like, beaten down by Kim um, for having opinions or for not wanting to do things the exact way that he does them. Um, And it makes her a target of the other girls.
2: And at the same time, she's the one who's being promoted during all of this. She's the lead singer of cherry bomb. She's the one who is like, has the stage presence at this point. And she's the one who is kind of getting them where they are, but she's also like the biggest target of his criticism. Yeah.
0: It's crazy listening to, as I was saying, right before we started, uh, listening to um, some podcasts about like cult leaders, Mm -hmm. you go deep into uh, the psychology of cult leaders and how close behavior of specific and notorious uh, producers and Spengalis like this and Phil Spector, Mm -hmm. how closely those can relate that uh, cult leader behavior, like the constant goal to make all of the world about that person. And like they are the sole conduit through which all success or failure can be delivered and like everything that you do in your life is tried to be reshaped to be about how you uh, interact with this one person mm-hmm. and how you are perceived in their, in their eyes. It's um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, th- th- as the last podcast on the left boys say, and I'll shout them out for this. It's like um, the goal of any cult leader is to make everyone in the cult his brain Mm -hmm. like put his make them all exactly him and i feel like that's such the the will of a lot of these like notorious producers uh is like everyone to force everyone in the band to be exactly me any any way you deviate from me is a failure
2: Mm -hmm. to do yeah yeah by the way last podcast on the left is on capis now i think so oh
0: really yeah i know uh marcus has a show on there too yeah it's one of my guys
2: um but yeah, there, and, and there's also the element of financial responsibility and financial coercion that's mm-hmm. going on where he controls all of their finance. He controls all the finances of the band. They're 16-year-old girls. They have no idea what they are worth or what they deserve.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, he's also emotionally abusing them at the same time. So, yeah. And they don't have good family lives, so at least it's not being home. right?
0: Again, incredibly cult-like because... Uh, the you know that's another prime method of cult leaders is to materially remove you from the rest of the world and put them as the sole material conduit so all money flows through the guys they and then the idea is like well why don't you just leave it's like well often these people don't have any place to go yes you know so there there is this to reform their entire lives around this idea of this singular family that they have here and not have anything else and also then be like you know, if they left, they literally would have nothing. Like, uh, the, because all the stuff is, like, property of the band, they, like, control everything from their, like, clothing mm-hmm. to, like, food and stuff, you know?
2: Yep. Yeah, there I, were definitely... That was a touch of that. More than a touch going on. Yes. skip Valley.
1: I feel like even... The more like college-educated musicians that we've talked about on this podcast still have no idea how like money works in a record label. Absolutely, it's like you could ha- have a college degree, like John Oates, and you still don't know shit when it comes to like how your deal is structured and how you're supposed to be getting paid. Yeah, people are just handing you cash or handing you drugs, so you don't even have to pay the money to buy the drugs. Like, it's, yeah,
2: I mean the thing insane. about this girls is that these girls is that you know just traveling the world and being able to say they're musicians was. Payment enough mm-hmm. in a certain sense that they didn't want to mess it up by asking about when they were going to get paid actual money. Right. right. So he took advantage of that, and he obviously knew what he was doing. Yeah. I need to know more about this guy too because he's a mastermind, and I know that he's sort of notorious anyway. It's kind of, and she kind of knew, like when he first approached her, that he was. She was like, "Yeah, I'm sure he's going up to all the blonde fifteen year old girls in this club and and trying to pick them out and." put them into a slot. Like she was aware of the fact that she was sort of like interchangeable.
1: Yeah. When he first talked to her, I think he asked how old she was and she's like, I'm 15 and turning 16 in a few months. And she said the way he looked at her was like, Like, she thought in her mind she was seeing, like, across the ticker tape, like, ah, yes, young and fresh. Like, she she was picking up the, the creep vibes for sure. But, like, as you said, what's the other option? Fucking Cherie's mom. So her father is, like, he's an alcoholic, um... He does seem alcoholic. like to be a good, a good man, though. Good man with some, like, you know, issues of just trying to, like, live. Um, and her mom meets this guy named Wolfgang, and they move to Indonesia. Oh, God. Yeah. When, like, at, at around this time that she signs a deal, uh, she just bounces. With <laughs> Wolfgang? With Wolfgang and Ugh. her brother. Like Wolfgang
2: and the Promise of Indonesia, but the I think one of the wildest parts of, of this whole book is when the mom is leaving to go to Indonesia, and she Cherie is at like a photo shoot or a concert or something, and she misses when her mom is leaving, yeah. like for the time being. Um, and she gets home, and Marie the twin is like. Mom thinks that you and dad wanted to get her to sign custody papers that would make her have to stay in the U.S. So she left. She's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And she goes and she gets to the airport as soon as she possibly can. She gets to the gate and she that her, realizes that her mother is wearing basically a disguise yeah. of sunglasses and a headscarf. And she's like screaming like as a child, like, Mom, I want to say goodbye to you. And the mom just rushes away. Because it's like heartbreaking. It's really upsetting. Was that in the movie or no? No, yeah. not that I remember.
0: That's crazy. It's That's insane. one of the most traumatic stories of like literally being abandoned by your parent.
1: She's 15 years old. Yes. Yeah. Can you, that's like, I, can't, I can't imagine.
0: That's like something that would happen in like a Disney movie and then you'd find out in the third act that they were like being coerced by an evil wizard or something.
1: That's basically what happens in Fast and the Furious 8 with Vin Diesel when he's <laughs> like uh, held ho- emotionally hostage by Charlie's Theron. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, it, it seems like something in a movie where you would find out that they're being manipulated later. But yeah. to, then it just be literally that they are r- literally running away from their child. Oh, wow. That's uh, – Right, damaging. and that's
2: not even the worst thing that ha- happens to her. Not even close. Right,
1: that's the most. That would be the worst thing that would have happened in my life at this point if exactly. that happened to me. And like, that's probably like fifth or sixth on the list right. for Cherie. Well, let's um, keep
0: going. She yeah. she
1: describes the relationship with Kim at this time is basically like I was a kid and Kim was the only regular adult figure in my day to day life, so I instinctively wanted to make him proud of me. Fucked up. And she not know- like I. She knows this now. I don't know if she if that was like especially conscious to her at the time but like she certainly understands now the dynamics at play um which I hope means that she's healed <laughs> oh my god she seems healed to me yeah
2: oh. yeah she has that like sort of therapized like she does mm-hmm. personal training five days a week like wields a chainsaw for healing
1: yeah. type vibe yeah so
2: I, I think Shuri all. is okay
1: um so their record comes out in 1976 this is their debut Record. Um, they do. We want to play something else from it besides. There's like eight songs on it. I feel like it's yeah. It's like short. a thirty-minute
2: long record.
0: Yeah. Although uh, that might um, be the
1: best length of a record, right?
0: I mean, there are cover of rock and roll we can get into. Um, so here's Dead End Justice off of uh, their first track
1: summer's make me want to fight same yeah, yeah same same
0: uh that's some pretty tough stuff uh, <laughs> it is it's like about as tough as music is uh, as pop popular music is, <laughs> it's
1: at funny. The time. is it- there's such a like direct connect to like the riot girl stuff yeah from, like, two decades later yeah
0: yeah two decades i mean later, that's but- that's 76 I mean, so that'd be, like, right around the time that the Ramones are just revving up, and that would be, like, maybe the other tough toughest thing going on at the time. Everything Mm -hmm. else is, like, um, you know, spiraling out into, you know, the more smoother rock. Or, like, you know, I guess, like, we were listening to some Aerosmith, but even that is, like, (laughs) much blues rockier and mostly about, like, wanting to get that good, good loving,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of,
0: like... The and fucking fights loving. and murder people.
1: Yeah. Right, teen murder. Yeah. I
2: mean, they didn't have any sense of what good love was. They just yeah. knew yeah. they Not. were angry young girls. Yeah. But they um that was one of the things that was interesting about it. it was like realizing how fast the whole glam rock moment gave way to punk in mm-hmm. a manner of like 9 months or something. <laughs> and they and she's in CBGBs and she's like, "I don't and they're and in England playing and she's just like, "I don't really like want guys with safety pins in their ears to throw beer at me. Like I'm not really into the punk scene. And then everybody else in the band is like loving it. Yeah.
1: She's um, like, wait, I don't think it's cool to, like, have... Get spit on? To have a knife thrown at me. Right. It happens in Glasgow. Like, a Bowie knife flies through the air and, like, lands in the stage two inches next to her. One
0: day we might do a just a spin-off episode of, like, worst stories of UK fans. <laughs> uh, just because there's that, like, every book of anybody who tours UK between, like, 1975 and 1981, just is story after story of, like... And then a guy broke a bottle over my head and tried to stab it into my neck. He really loved the show.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, they spit on you because they like you. Yeah, I would get off <laughs> the stage. exactly in the book, yeah.
0: I would get off the stage soaking in human spit. And yeah. then the manager or the bar owner would be like, great show, mate.
2: It's yeah. a compliment, yeah. That's just a metaphor for being a woman. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. It's crazy yeah. that, like, that, that split happens for, like, nine months over like 1976 77 that like glam turns into punk mm-hmm. and that like one nine month period is the only period that like quote unquote punk rock exists yeah right and then everything is either proto-punk or post-punk, post-punk. yeah after that it's like the the year that the sex pistols happen right is like the only year that punk is actually a thing and then everything out that is either like the lead-up to it that influences it or the like all out.
1: Yeah.
2: Whether there's like hardcore and yeah, exactly. all that stuff that I always plan on getting into but never
1: do. Um, New Year's resolution. You're not gonna yeah.
0: get into your in like hardcore. midlife crass period.
1: More more minor threat, please. Exactly. That's
2: what I'll lull my children to sleep with yeah. my eventual children. Um but yeah, one of the things about this is that they never really she doesn't talk about the song she fleetingly talks about whether she thinks the songs or the music are good or not Mm -hmm. but it's mostly just about how famous they were just in a flash yeah and how kids would be like crying and begging to see them and you know grasping for her arms on stage yeah totally but that seemed divorced from any kind of like idea about what the quality of the music was
1: yeah there's no like song craft there's no like the only t- the only time she ever talks about being in the studio is like getting yelled at by Kim. It's not yeah. like oh we we try you know we just did Joe Perry and it was like we tried for three days straight and three nights to get our guitar sound like perfect <laughs> and this is not that this is just like I'm trying to you know do my vocal parts without getting screamed at and like threatened.
0: So she doesn't isn't involved in like writing the songs at all. But does Joan uh, Jet like yes. write? Yeah, Joan Jett is like- the
1: musical heart and engine yes. of the runaways so Absolutely. she
0: so she actually does like craft all the songs, yeah,
1: and sh- and Shuri, like shouts her out, she's like Joan jet is like the she's has like charisma and talent oozing yeah. out of every mm-hmm. one of hers, uh
0: but so Kim doesn't even really doesn't like write the music or anything, he just yells at these people until the music is is the way he wants it I to be think so.
2: seems that way, like yeah. I guess it's not that hard when you have five fifteen year old girls to really do with them yeah. what you want as bad as that sounds
0: yeah
2: oh but that's the thing it's contrasted to their whole image as being these rebel girls who you don't want your to introduce to your parents and they do whatever they want and then Mm -hmm. meanwhile they're just being emotionally abused by this one crazy man
1: right it is that's how they're that's like the personal brand is Mm -hmm. that they basically just seem like that like relatively nice young girls who are just like trying to not go completely insane and everyone's like oh my god don't you know don't play this record in my house these girls are so bad but i'm like no they're not bad they're just you know they're just girls they're just wearing corsets It's not the same thing yeah (laughs) um yeah so yeah she's definitely more as they the record comes out and they start touring she's definitely more like think the like fandom fills the void Kind of thing yes. of like all of her anxieties and uh, issues are just like can be drowned out over the course of a show. There's a really fucked up situation where after this it's the same night that was like their first like big show. Kim like orchestrates the situation where she go she has to go home with like a cheesy pop star. Do you remember this yes. incident? I looked online, and I don't want to, like, throw anyone under the bus, but apparently people are saying it's Rick Springfield. Yep. <laughs> um, My sources agree. So, like, she just describes him as, like, an unnamed, like, teen idol. Um, cheesy teen idol with, like, picture, like, soft focus pictures of himself, like, in his...
0: Feathered hair. Yeah.
1: Yes. That kind of thing. That's that was the on only the thing lens. she
2: he had going for him, she said.
1: And uh, he literally... Like, she has, like, her period that night, and Kim, like, sends her to this guy's house, and he's like, oh, like, you got your period? That's okay. Kim told me, like, it's all good. And then, like, they have, like, she has to have sex with him. Yeah. And is, like, literally waiting, and like, in the middle of the night for someone to come pick her up. Like, it's horrifying.
2: And she's 15 or 16. And she describes walking into the bedroom, and it's completely covered in posters of himself. Oh, God. And they're white satin sheets that she poetically just gets her period all over.
1: Which I feel like is kind of... I'm sure it felt humiliating at the time, but I feel like that's the least she can do is just, like, bleed all over his shit. Exactly. But I, I'm sure that didn't feel empowering.
2: No. <laughs> at all. He, yeah, I mean, Kim Fowley pimped her out. Yeah. Literally. Literally. And the... And the thing was, is that that was the night that she debuted this, like, corset that was supposed to be indicative of her being this, like, rock and roll, sexually free performer.
1: And then... totally, like, undercut it. Yep. Mm, So bad. Um, She starts doing a lot of drugs. Everyone's doing drugs. Everyone's doing drugs. Quaaludes on Quaaludes. Quaaludes forever. A (laughs) lot of cocaine. She had a great little... um, uh, uh, anecdote where she says she saw Rod Stewart out one night and she offered him blow and he started crying. And he says, No one ever gives me blow. I'm always the one expected to have it. You're so kind. Oh my God. <laughs> so she made Rod Stewart cry with her kind offer of of cocaine. Oh,
0: all these people sound so it's fucking hilarious. broken.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, they it's all have like, the exact I mean- same hair, too. Yes, At just these day. perfect like flyaways. I mean, not to
0: go back to like the miserable Rick Springfield, supposedly Rick Springfield story, but just yeah. like
1: Please I know don't this is like, Rick even... Springfield. Is he is he still around? He's listening. Yeah. Oh
0: God. Uh, so, like it's it's just like that whole scene seems so miserable to yeah. everyone. Yeah. I just it, it's it's like every every person involved in these scenes, these in this rock scene these kinds of scenes in like the late seventies just Mm -hmm. seems like totally, uh, Devo- like drained of humanity.
1: There's still some people having fun. Like uh, Pamela Day Bart, like had a blast basically the entire time. Like I feel like there was a way to do the late '70s, the mid to late '70s, and, and like feel like you were still somewhat. And in you know control. who else
0: seemed like they had a wholesome good time is uh, John, John Oates. Oates. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. He. I mean, he definitely probably. John, did a bunch
0: John of Oates's cocaine. book is all uh, is all like. And then we drank espressos with the model models <laughs> in the apartment until dawn. Yeah, the disco girls when they came over. We had
1: a blast. Um he he liked the finer things in life. But yeah, this is definitely yeah, it's just not, like not the not sludgy that underbelly of that for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what drives the uh beautiful disco glam. It's dark and seedy and glittery all at the same time. And then then you wake up and you're addicted to Coke when yep. you're
1: eighteen. <laughs> God, I can't even can't even imagine um she also starts so they like keep touring and that's the other thing is like the the spanish is just like being pushed to the limit of mm-hmm. like tour 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 they probably made like a shit ton of money well who knows how much money they made but they didn't see a dime no. of it they were getting like 5 or 10 or 20 bucks a day for food um oh yeah and there's that
2: horrific in the motel
1: yeah yeah so yeah this is a there's a night where Kim calls all the girls into a motel room and there's a underage girl who's like drugged out of her mind. And he's like, I'm going to teach you the right way to fuck. And he proceeds to have sex with his girl in front of everyone in a, like the most disgustingly terrible. It's terrible. Described way. And
2: it's clearly a reaction to like the previous few hours when they were all demanding that they give him, give them money for food because they are starving and they don't have any money. And they're like, give us money. And he's like, going crazy because he's relinquishing control and finally agrees to give them money. And then the consequence of that is he basically rapes a girl in front, in of, front them. of them.
1: And when, uh, Sheree tries to leave their like tour manager. Um, yeah. Like Scott Anderson. Sorry. He has since uh, passed away, but he sounds like a real shit, shitball.
2: Well. He <laughs> sounds like he has a heart of gold.
1: <sighs> um, yeah, he's like, stay. Like, she tries to leave, and she finally is like, that's the other thing that's nuts is that, like, they are all just, like, standing in a room, and, like, anyone could go, but also no one does because they're so under the control of, like, yeah. men in this situation. It's insane.
2: There's really no way to, like, go in and out of that story except the fact that, um, the girls just all looked at each other after and were like, well, we're just going to forget about it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or, like, I think Sandy, the drummer, was like, wow, this is, like, educational, like, trying to be, like...
2: Yeah, what the fuck, I don't know she was just, like,
1: trying to use humor to make the light of a weird situation. Yeah,
2: a situation they couldn't process. Yeah. But she sounds like the golden retriever of the group. Yes. Like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> shortest
2: attention span yeah. and also just like nice but maybe doesn't know what's going on yeah kind of da-
1: down for right. down for anything without kind of understanding like the emotional consequences for other people right. um yeah so they keep they keep touring and then they're trying to record and Cherie's feeling ill uh she's feeling kind of sick and her boobs are getting kind of big at the same time um And uh, then she has to get an abortion because her illness is really her pregnant with the tour manager's baby because they start having sex. Um, Yeah. And he's got – I think he's in his mid-20s. Yeah. He's not quite the 35-year-old. He always
2: has a briefcase full of drugs on him at all times. And um, this whole time, the dad is kind of like – the broken yet still like moral compass he's always like those guys are creeps stay away from them (laughs) i don't trust them right but then they just you know this is her only way out of her life well at least he's Mm -hmm.
0: classy enough to carry his drugs around in a briefcase (laughs) right jesus yeah. It's supposed just loosen a satchel. Yeah. <laughs> a big burlap bag full of drugs. That's not,
1: that's the opposite of classy. No. It's just a, a loose tote bag full of, <laughs> of different powders all getting mixed up. Yes. That's not how you do just it. L-
0: just miscellaneous pills. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so yeah, that, that happens. She's like 16 years old. Yeah. Um, pretty unbelievable. And with pro-choice
2: though. They're like, no, you won't be having his baby.
1: <laughs> and the the crazy thing is like, you know, she was, I think she had a second of being like, maybe I want it. Like maybe having a baby would make me feel like I had control of something and like feel, you know, unconditional love also, which is something I appear to be missing in my life. Uh is that so yeah
0: no oh, uh God. not can't. a good not a not a top reason to have a kid
1: not a no. top reason to have a kid seems to be a, a somewhat also
2: a kid gets a kid. in the way of
1: doing all those quaaludes yeah the and the kid won't turn out amazingly if you do this <laughs> yes during the pregnancy so far i've heard um so like tensions are getting very high uh the issue of like sheree getting photographed solo for like Press articles and, like, magazine covers um, really – it chafes everybody, but mostly Lita – um, fucking Lita who's just like not a fan such a hater of, of one
0: person getting singled out yeah
1: it's the it's the it's no doubt syndrome but it's like <laughs> but it's like a band with like five Gwen Stefani's and then just like one especially Gwen Stefani is
0: getting
1: <laughs> is getting the attention <laughs> cause like I understand why Gwen Stefani was always on the cover of things alone cause like who wants to look at Tony Canal they're a hot couple though yeah the but,
2: them two together would have been good, but was there two other people in that yeah,
1: T- two other like SoCal shows
2: yeah.
1: Um But yeah, no it, people aren't aren't loving it, and like Kim is also orchestrating this too, absolutely to like uh, Draw, drive to tension. Drive tension is like Again. placing stories and in, in things and like insulting. He like insults his own band, yeah, in yeah. stories
0: because then it, then he is the only person who can like mitigate these disasters, yeah.
2: He's a genius. He's a charismatic genius. Again, back to the cult leader yeah.
1: personality. Because if you could, like, Sheree would get mad at him, and then other girls would get mad at her for getting mad at him, of being like, why yeah. are you trying to ruin this band? And right. she's like, I'm just mad that, like, he called me a slut in the press.
0: This is all, like, a I I mean, this is all especially upsetting, but the, the thing about it is, like, again, compared to other memoirs where you, you can kind of judge people by being like, well, you could maybe have just not act like an asshole and then like your band would have, wouldn't have hated you. But it really seems like these people have like a no exit scenario. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Where the, like as you were talking mm-hmm. about, there's no way to leave the room.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's all just in such a compressed period of time. Yeah, what is this,
0: a, like less than a year?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like a year, two years yeah. at most. And she's 16 for most of the time, it feels like, in the memoir.
1: I don't know how you were processing like emotions and information at 16, but I wasn't so hot at it. No. <laughs> I was pretty bad at
0: yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yes. And I having take... a normal life. Uh, right.
2: I wouldn't have taken kindly to my boss basically saying that I would be better off killing myself in the bathroom for just so there would be some press
1: drum up about me. That's, that, would be, that would be normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a downer. It's it such is. a downer of a story. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, it's such a blueprint of like, it kind of reminded me of the Josie and the Pussycats movie of just like teen girl band exploitation. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I yes. love it. It's like one of my faves of like Good classic. It's re- I think it really created the like narrative of band in fighting due to Svengali yeah. manipulation. Um, and like the pressure of like trying to sell your music with sex and all this stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like this narrative that we've been. It's kind of fucked up that it's turned into this like women are empowering themselves via like sexual freedom and power, which is all well and good. Mm-hmm. But when that was used with absolutely no
1: empowerment to back it up, yeah, that's especially yes, sick, insulting to and, like the idea, and of it's also like- sexual liberation. <laughs> right, you're not.
0: And it's also, like, also frustrating the, you know, the idea that one might think, like, why were there no other adults in this industry who would have some kind of, like, preventative effect of this kind of thing? And seeing that even up to today, these... There's like no, very little put in place to, to institutionally yeah. stop these things.
1: Because otherwise you have the, the momager, like the other yeah. side of the corn is like your, it's your own family who's doing mm-hmm. pulling the strings and that has its own set of, uh, yeah. fuckery of like when you're, you know, Justin Bieber or, uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah.
2: Else. Yeah. I mean, there are absolutely no adult women involved. Yeah. That, yes. That was apparent. Yep.
1: <laughs> Think about how different that would be. Um, yeah. Holy shit. So it, it's, like, coming to a, a head, and there's uh, basically a situation where there, there's a photo shoot with the group. Sheree borrowed her sister's, her twin sister's car to get to the photo shoot, but her sister's like, I need it by 6 p.m. because I need to go to acting class, and she's like, okay. Because all this time, like, Sheree still has a mind to, like, keep her family, like, she yeah. she feels loyal to her family. Um as, like, screwed up as her family is. Right. And the photo shoot runs long. 6 p.m. comes, and she's like, I need to go. And Lita, like, loses her shit. And it's just like, you're trying to ruin this. Like, And she, she like, like, they get into a ver- verbal altercation. She goes to her dressing room, and Lita, like, Slams down the door, like kicks down the door, and she screams, She's like, You listen to me, you little bitch. When we joined this band, we all made a commitment. We put the band first and all the other bullshit second. You're gonna make a fucking choice right now. It's your fucking family or us. And Sherry's like, uh, My family, I guess. <laughs> and then she's out of the band. Wow. So that's it.
0: Uh, good choice.
1: Yeah. Good choice, but we're gonna see there's some weird she stuff just that comes keeps with tumbling. That. Just keeps tumbling. Tumblr.com. Um, <laughs> So yeah, like, it, that's it. She has one record left on her contract with Kim, which she does like a solo album called Beauty's Only Skin Deep. Is this even available on Spotify?
0: Let's find out.
1: Good question. So while you're finding this, she basically says, I didn't want to work with Kim anymore, but in a way his presence was a comfort. It was the mentality that keeps a wife with a violent husband. Even though Kim mistreated and demeaned me, the very fact that I had his full attention now was gratifying. Just looking for a dad. Yep. Or a mom, a mom dad. Anyone. Anybody, Just anyone, an adult, an adult, yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, like she records this album, and then like she basically has nothing. She goes mm-hmm. home, she's chilling, she's doing a massive amounts of drugs. She starts forging checks from her father to who is because also she has an no alcoholic
2: who's struggling with alcoholism and yep. sick. Yeah, the um, one funny thing about that album is that. Kim Fowley's well placed rumor when they were like super huge in Japan that he would tell the Japanese press that she had a twin sister and then say that it was she was lying about it and then say that she did have it and like jerk them around about it. So her big comeback of her solo album was supposed to have a duet with her and Marie, her twin sister, right? Solely to please this one press rumor he made up for the audience, the Japanese audience. Jesus
1: Christ. How uh, do you like even keep what? track of this? Like, did he have like folders?
0: Here's a little oh, here cut of Beauty's Only Skin Deep. <music> wow, she went a full 70s pop.
1: She said that the whole album was like middle of the road. Yeah. The same shit that she got for picking that Susie Quatro song to audition for.
2: Like a 35 year old woman
0: She truly does She's like
2: 17
0: Yeah
1: It's missing that Joan Jett (laughs) (laughs) Right There's a reason
2: why Joan Jett went on To be catapulted
1: into fame and Yeah yeah. Um, So yeah she's stealing Basically stealing her dad's money to buy drugs Um, And her dad is saying If you don't record an album with your sister, a full album, you get kicked out of the house. Oh, my God. Um, Because he Now, you girls
0: run off and record an album, you hear?
1: (laughs) He says, you know, kitten, this fame, this success, it's been very hard on her. Put yourself in her shoes. Imagine if you were working at the... I can't even say this. Imagine if you were working at the Pup and Taco while your twin <laughs> what sister. That
0: what is that? It's a said... store that sells dogs and Mexican food. I guess I yeah, can I Google
1: so. it. <laughs> I, th- I imagine it's hot, hot dogs and tacos. Mm, maybe it's a private. It was Smart. a privately owned chain of fast food restaurants in Southern California. Um, Wait, tacos, now... hot dogs, and pastrami sandwiches. This sounds <gasps> awesome. <laughs> This sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. tacos, tostadas, pastrami sandwiches. <laughs> Who started this?
0: This sounds like uh, like a guy from Brooklyn fell yeah. in love with somebody a from Jew, like you a
2: Mexican a, yeah, and get together and they're an like, American. We
0: need to bring these our, we need to bring our cuisines into beautiful harmony. Wow. Let me try to invent the pastrami taco.
1: <laughs> they had flavored slushes. Um up to sixty-two locations by wow. nineteen seventy
0: three. Forgotten fast food of, of yesteryear. <laughs>
1: Lastly, uh ninety-nine of ninety-nine stores uh they made it to that amount of uh pop and tacos, uh were bought by Taco Bell in nineteen eighty four for their prime real estate locations. Wow. So um
0: Taco Bell start making hot dogs. Pop and
1: Taco is uh is now basically Taco Bell. Wow. Wow. I'm just glad we could find any, like, bright spot yeah, okay. in
0: this, like, <laughs> Imagine you were town. working at the, the Pup and Taco. Okay, sounds great. Go on.
1: Well, this, well working at the puppet Taco while your sister's on the front cover of every music magazine in the world. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm glad that I he found
0: that. a way to make her feel e- guiltier about her year of, like, hellish touring. Yeah, oh, my
1: God. Um, yeah. So, the, I mean, her relationship, as, as a sister of twins, I feel like twin relationships are complicated, like extra complicated. I didn't
2: realize you had a twin connection. Uh,
1: yeah. My little sisters are twins. Um, you, I think you vibrate on a different frequency and I feel like that must be, feel crazy to have such a different trajectory, especially since like Cherie said when she was like a kid and like a young teen, she's like, I always thought Marie was hotter. Like, didn't she say that? Yeah. They're identical. Twins. They're identical twins. And she still felt like insecure and inferior in comparison to the girl who looks exactly like her. And then she became the rock star. Right. And Marie wants to become a rock star. Like she wants to, but like kind of <laughs> again, just because she's
2: famous and has a more glamorous life on the surface, but right. it doesn't actually have to do with any sort of artistry or artistic calling. No. or anything.
1: So yeah. Um, her dad gives her that ultimatum. And she's like, okay, um, I'll like, we'll, we'll try this. I'll
0: use all the immense amount of control I have over my life to, to do this thing. Yeah.
1: And Marie is like, it sounds like Marie uses drugs too, but like not as much as Cherie." And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of tension there, which I'm sure is just exactly what she needs after coming off of like a year and a half of really close quarters with sisterly figures who also aren't, aren't sisters. Anyway, here's where we get to probably the most fucked up event of yeah. the book, which is one night outside of the, sh- the Sugar Shack.
2: Post-Runaways. Post-Runaways. On, yeah, on her own.
1: Yeah, this is like, I guess it would probably be like 77 or something. Mm-hmm. So she's still like 17 years old. She is out one night um, and she's waiting for Marie to pick her up. And there's a guy in a green limousine who pulls up outside the club and is like, he acts like he knows her and she's like. Uh, maybe I'm supposed to like know him. like maybe I've like seen him around. And he's like talking about all the fucking like amenities in his limo. And so weird. It's so weird. Um, but he actually like he
2: says, I want to show you all the neat features
1: in this limo. <sighs> yeah. And she gets in and then he like locks all the doors and drives her to a like remote location. Um, with black
2: garbage bags. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: She says it looks like the motel from Psycho, like from far, like it's just a totally isolated house, like on a hill. And he proceeds to rape and torture her for six hours.
2: And the whole time he says, don't you remember me from Dallas? We lived together in Dallas. Why? How could
1: you leave me? And then he says, like, I killed six people in Dallas. And he's, and he knows, but he also, like, says, like, oh, yeah, Shri Curie, like, you're, like, writhing around on stage half naked, like, you think you're so hot. So, like, he knows it's her, but he's also, like, deluded about who she is and clearly has some sort of weird psycho something going on. But, like, she says, she's like, I can't even begin to explain what I went through. What I will say is that the terror, the horror, and the humiliation that he inflicted upon me uh, were even worse than what I imagined hell to be like. Like, I, (laughs) Like so, what the fuck? (laughs) I cannot. And she was basically drugged
2: with a horse tranquilizer, and she still manages to like keep her thoughts active enough to be like, "I'm surviving. I'm surviving." And at one point, she stabs him with a, a butter knife, realizes it's not enough, so he like, but then he gets high enough that she.
0: Mm-hmm. convinces
2: him she says something about like i'm coming back to you like dallas was okay and she said it was like this voice coming from her inner self that saved her
1: yeah to to go along with his delusion yeah she said it was like a guardian angel was like talking through her of like like we can go back to the way it was in dallas like but you just have to like take me home and so she manages she's like covered in blood and like Beat up. completely beaten up And she convinces him to get back in the car with her and, like, drive her, I think, back to her her house or her friend's house. Um, And they manage to catch, like, her friend gets his license plate and as he, like, you know, tears away. Um, So she doesn't. She thinks she's going to die. Obviously, she thinks she's going to be murdered by this guy. And she gets away from him, which is truly, like, truly insane by a serial killer. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. Yeah. So Um, do we find out what the deal with this guy is?
1: Here's the—it's it, a different kind of fucked up. Um, so this guy, they catch him, obviously, because they, like, the story checks out, and they find, like, his stomach wound, and they're like, okay, this is the dude that uh, did that did it. He had a slick lawyer. He got a—somehow he got a year in jail in county, um, which is insane. Uh, he had, like, uh, lawyer connections. He was— he, you know, it's every typical thing you could do to a girl on the stand when she's saying that she's been raped and attacked, which is like
2: blame her, blame her, ask her what she did,
1: say she's like hysterical Same and on her just right can't mind. can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. The craziest thing is that this guy was friends with the actor Vic Morrow, who is like. And the, tw- the Twilight Zone and, like, a bunch Holly of other stuff. weird, baby. Yeah. And Cherie's brother-in-law, so this is her older sister's husband, T.Y., which is T-Y. a terrible name. T.Y. is an actor as well. Vic Morrow called T.Y. and was like, can you get your sister-in-law to just, like, drop this? Like, just, you know how guys are. Like, he, like they just can't control themselves. And, like, I think it would just be better for everyone if she just, like, kept on out. the low. And he did it. He My went to brother her in law. her brother-in-law, who she trusted and like was one of the only people in her life that like she, she was regular okay adult. with. Yeah. He, he told her to drop the charges against the man who raped and tortured her. Yep. Somehow she ended up talking to him again in her wife, which I would have life. been like, cool, you're done. But the weird thing
2: was, is that, well, she did say that Vic Morrow heard her statement on the stand and then apologized to her and said, you know, I'm sorry for... Um, trying to get you to take that back and was clearly affected because she said she was, like, balled up in a fetal position and, like, obviously very affected by her time in court. Yeah. Um. And then the guy, Vic Morrow, was one of the people who was killed on the set of the Twilight Zone yeah. movie. Yeah. In that, like, classic Hollywood scandal. I think it was, like, a stunt gone wrong. In, like, wrong. the
0: 1980s? Like, yeah. It was,
1: like, a helicopter accident. Stunned, gone wrong? And was she and was and also in the actors. movie. Yes.
0: Wow. There was some... Uh... Crazy negative psychic energy radiating from that entire story. Yeah. Yeah. Um that is bizarre and horrifying.
1: Yeah. I just like I didn't (laughs) I didn't know I was going to be reading that kind of anecdote when I opened this book. Not
2: at all. I thought I was gonna be treated to like a light softcore queer like love experience in (laughs) a Japanese hotel. And here is what I'd spent my Sunday doing. Yeah. I'm just no. kidding. But like, you know, it's the reality of, uh, what it means to be a woman in the entertainment business and any, any other industry, especially at a time when we had even less rights than we do now. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it, except for the fact that she survived and, uh, she was very strong and women who do survive that are very strong. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's brutally upsetting, but it's, all the more impressive with her as a uh, an artist, uh, a p- public figure.
1: And to, a, like, like a child. Like yeah. she was like still a 17-year-old on this happened. Right. Yes.
2: And then su- not surprisingly at all, she descends into her addiction to freebasing Coke, yeah. a.k.a. crack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: that's God. what happens immediately after yeah. this. Yeah.
1: yeah, which, you know... I think that's oh and not she also good, is in fair. Foxes with Jodie Foster right which <laughs> <laughs> so, is a normal part of everybody's recovery process right yeah. exactly you try you know you do a little therapy a little uh little like painting or like horse horse Yeah, uh, I know that my therapist equine. has
0: recommended uh, Jodie Foster therapy yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah and there's a funny scene where she's like weirdly fixates on the fact that Jodie Foster eats papaya and cottage cheese for lunch in her trailer wow and it that's forgot about that no. part. <laughs> one like endearing thing is that she just goes on about this time with Jody Foster in her trailer for like two pages and I'm like, okay, you really
1: that really meant a lot to you to be <laughs> hanging out with Jody. She has nothing but respect for her her president. Exactly. <laughs> president Jody Foster. Exactly.
2: Oh and then that's when the mom comes
1: back from yes. Indonesia. Mom's back. She's mom like, oh. like observes her acting and at one point she's like, oh like I'm so like I'm so proud of you. And Shuri's like that that's what i needed this whole time. It's <laughs> like a strong like a like a what like an like, older what like an adult woman who loves me and says she's proud of me. Tell me i'm good enough. Yeah. Good lord. Jesus Christ. So she yeah, she's she's both descending into like very serious cocaine addiction once again in her late teens and early 20s and like trying to have an acting career. She kind of has an acting career. Um she does this the double or the the album with Marie. Um, which is called "Messing with the Boys," oh, god. which is a really is bad that name. On
0: there? Uh, yeah, let's listen to a, a few cuts of "Messing with the Boys." Oh my
1: god! Finally, you know, f- fulfilling we'll her to... father's wish to right. include her goddamn sister in her success. <laughs> let's see how Maria's voice sounds.
0: All right, so they went a little harder with this one. Wow, they are very much twins. If you want to pull up this cover. Whoa! He's
2: kind of amazing. I so love that nice album time. cover. Yeah,
0: it's a this good album. Pretty, those it's outfits pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I
2: know what they're
1: very much identical twins. Yeah. yeah. Those are literally like the American Apparel like disco pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it's hot. This is a. Uh, this isn't bad. This is no, pretty it's not good. bad.
1: I think problem with this album was, A, being saddled with, like, a sister that she didn't really want to record with, but also, like, she just didn't, I, she doesn't know how to have any kind of control in the studio, because, like, she never learned. So, like, she doesn't really know how to make an album, like, sound like anything that she wants to sound like, and I don't think she ever finds an advocate or, like, a good producer. I'm like, this, this girl just needs, like, a good producer to work with her and, like, collaborate, and maybe something better could happen, but... She just doesn't have it, like, yeah. in the pocket.
0: And there's nobody willing to work back and forth with with any of these people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and
2: the people who signed her for this record, like, didn't want it to be a twin record anyway. It was basically just out of sheer will that you know she's fulfilling her father's not dying wish, but uh, ultimatum. Cl- yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like. It's not really even until like Madonna that the idea of like having a, like a being a young t- teen girl idol with also like creative control input yeah. and control mm-hmm. over the thing that's happening like
2: totally until
0: then you're like basically a tool or something to be like forged as an image when you're that age mm-hmm.
2: yeah and then you're just lucky with whatever you get yeah. right so don't complain right
1: the the kicker is that. <laughs> Like, after maybe a couple tour dates or, like, even press appearances or something, Marie's like, I met a guy and fell in love and, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Marie! She was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, I, I pushed so hard to get you on this album um, because I thought that's what you wanted and what dad wanted and, like, put my reputation on the line and we made this, like, kind of shitty album and... This is this is what you,
2: yeah. <laughs> ultimately, and her decide. husband is the session musician for Toto.
0: Oh, uh, yes Christ. oh my god! I had a professor in college who was a session musician for Toto. What's
2: the who? what's his name? Oh my is god! His name I'm Steve.
0: Never going to remember his <laughs> name. Or maybe he described himself as the offstage guitarist. I took a um a story on the history of rock music. Nice. With this guy, That's fun. Uh, it, or I took a co- college class on the history of rock music. Uh, with this guy uh, and um, it sounds a lot more fun but then when you find out that he is the off quote unquote offstage guitarist for Toto <laughs> you then learn a lot more about his uh, taste in music and he's like the entire class was built around the thesis of like Rock music is at its best and highest form when it is the most technically complicated, oh. so you know what the best rock band of all times is blood sweat and tears
1: what, <laughs> what? <laughs> that is such a bizarre take for like uh what were you like a sophomore in college yeah
0: working at the college radio station where I was like listening like only to throbbing gristle <laughs> so oh my like God. uh It was a a weird class that I came to intensely dislike. but, uh, um,
2: that is so funny. Like those are your options when you're a retired session musician. like,
0: (laughs) Hey, university adjunct professor, I tell like trying to tell a bunch of like, 19 year old kids in 2006 that they should be really into like uh, uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer Uh, (laughs) is like, I guess, a pretty decent gig. I
1: bet a lot of guys do that for free, so it's (laughs) cool cool. cool. that you got
0: to do it for like a nominal fee.
1: I bet a lot of guys at Philosophy Night at Brooklyn Museum, great, or Brooklyn Library, They 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 would chew your ear off about. Uh, the best the best technical setup for uh, (laughs) a rock band and hey
0: just to be clear there's nothing wrong with the LP but I I don't agree with the thesis that uh, that rock music is directly proportional to how technically complicated it is
1: also yeah a full on survey of rock music i feel like that's not what i would dial it down to personally
0: (laughs) yes yes, where you're like we have 10 weeks to cover the entirety of rock music and we're going to spend three of those on prog music recorded between 74 and 77
1: (laughs) (laughs) insane um yeah so yeah
0: uh, but anyway marie meets this this man he's probably one uh one degree removed from Seriously, mr marie want, eh? uh mr They're probably marie facebook
1: Curry. friends at the very least yeah. <laughs> share memes uh wholesome memes um so yeah it's like Marie's when the done. push
0: hit and it's just a picture of like a patchboard with cords coming in and out oh my
1: god <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Hashtag> <laughs> <prog> <laughs> memes.
1: sounds like you should be making these uh Cherie's doing so much cocaine. I I really enjoyed this detail that there's a male co-star in a movie that she's having an affair with Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine. Oh, okay. He licks her Bilty. nose during like a kissing scene, and he says that his whole mouth went numb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's grim.
1: Cow. She like, and she ends up kind of. I feel like rock bottom. One kind of rock bottom is when you start dating a drug dealer. Yep. That's yeah. That's like. That's she how she
2: marries the drug dealer, or she does she, him? she doesn't marry him, but she moves in, moves with him, in. and he does everything for her, including
1: procure her drugs, right? <laughs> and that well, that would be
0: the one benefit of moving in with the drug dealer right. is not having to worry about drugs,
1: easy access benefit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> sure, um, she she ends up like in a hospital detoxing, weighing 97 pounds and in danger of heart failure. Oh my oh. God.
0: Jesus. That's and her this is like level at 18 of or 19, something like that.
1: I think she's 25. like, tw- yeah, in her early, mid twenties. Um, and so she has to, she's broke. She, her sister won't talk to her and she has to totally start from scratch. She gets a job at a, a fancy linen store making minimum wage three 25 an hour. Uh, oh, and she God. and you know what? She's just like, yeah, I had to do it. I never had a normal job, so I needed to, like, see what that was like. I'm like, I don't necessarily know if you need to see what that's like, but mm-hmm. if that's good for you on your journey to recovery, then
0: fold those linens, yeah. girl. But, I mean, it is cra- crazy when, like, I've talked about this specifically in the, uh, when I guest on the Ballin' Out podcast, the podcast about HBO's ballers. Uh, <laughs> About, the
1: only podcast about Adrianas yeah, Ballers, uh, to my knowledge.
0: But I promise this is this will link back uh, that these <laughs> that a lot of these like professional athletes have like maybe you know five years a decade in their early lives when yeah. they can leverage what they have mm-hmm. into a lifetime of value basically. Mm-hmm. And she's coming out of this time where she had like three years of like worldwide fame, mm-hmm. and not only. Take it. Take it apart from that being an incredibly traumatic time in her life. She's now like four or five years out of that and needs to like leverage those three years
1: mm-hmm. into
0: like a lifetime of value. Mm-hmm. And that's like an incredibly difficult task.
1: Yeah, especially when every step of the way she's been like either undermined yeah. or like straight up uh, abused by anyone who's supposed to try to get
0: her. Mm-hmm. To be successful. Which is crazy in these like talent based fields. Like it's extremely, extremely rare to be in a talent based job that you can do your entire life. So most people need to figure out a way to make their like handful, several Mm -hmm. years of it work forever.
1: That's like basically the impetus of like every male boy band person going solo, right? (laughs) That's like the the Zane. Mm-hmm. Quote, quote Justin Timberlake, who did it first? Je- mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake did it first,
2: probably did it best. Yeah, and is probably ruining his own legacy right now with whatever bullshit he's doing right now.
0: Isn't he? What, what's his his new thing? Uh, Save a horse like, ride, a Justin? Is that like his new album? Something like that?
2: Sponsored by Boney Bear, Fa-
1: father,
0: father Justin Timberlake.
1: Yes. Oh so, my, oh my god. god, that's exactly what he. That is, his, is. Yeah. That's just like you get you you reach a certain age and it's like I'm going to wear hats and flannel and that's going to be my Well, the thing. funny thing
0: for JT is that it's almost like he dusted off his all denim uh, tuxedo and was like, <laughs> can I make this again? Can I make this work again? It's true. Maybe ditch the uh, denim vest and put on like a, a white workman's tee and uh, see if I can make this hat work for me.
1: Yeah. Get, just get a little more distressed, a little it's more. Just him holes. going the woods.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if Justin Timberlake loved nature?
1: This is his uh, his Thoreau moment. <laughs> yeah. Except, it, well, I guess Thoreau also like wouldn't shut the fuck up about how great <laughs> the time he had in the cabin either. So it's just like yeah, it's
0: through and through Thoreau.
1: You gotta you gotta go away to come back. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, so yeah, Shuri has to she has to start completely over. Um, she ends up as a drug counselor for adolescent drug addicts or close to addicts. Cool. Then she becomes as a personal trainer, does. a crucial step on the way. As I feel like. Um, and then she starts <laughs> making chainsaw art. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then she, you know, meets her, her husband with whom it sounds like she has a healthy relationship. They divorce. Dreamboat, right?
2: Divorce, but they're still so supportive. He pays her child support even when her son moves back in with him. And
0: wow.
1: He's her best friend. Yeah. And Even if he's no that's... longer her husband. Yeah. Can we can we talk about like, is she is she like gay and doesn't realize it? Because she so... has
2: gay experiences in the beginning with Gail, the um, oh, non-binary Gail. dreamboat.
1: Love Gail. Um, I love Gail. We didn't talk who, about who, this. Who is Gail? This was like shortly. It's like her sister's friend or somebody. Yeah, it's like a. Older sister's friend of a friend, kind of like the town, ta- like the town lesbian, essentially. Yeah.
0: It, as much <laughs> as you can have in her one. In plaid
2: pants and a top hat.
0: <laughs> On a penny farthing.
1: <laughs> she sounds incredible. Making girls' lives better, one glam rock. They have like inside. a hot, a hot night. It's like the probably the yeah. only sexy scene in the entire book because everything else is coercion yeah. and and abuse. And this seems like pretty. And she's immediately ashamed of it the next day. Because um, everyone makes her think that she made a mistake. Yeah, was this d-
0: in before she joined the Runaways when yeah. she was like yes. young?
2: And it's funny because the setting is young. her basement. Um, like, renovated basement, which the kids decided would have a fantasy theme. So it's, like, a, a woman in, like, you know, a Xena outfit slaying a dragon on top of a volcano. And oh, my God. So
0: they, like, decorated their basement like a DD and d handbook or something?
2: Exactly. Uh, so dream good. goals? Yeah. And that's the backdrop of her first lesbian experience, which I think is pretty... It's perfect.
0: Cool. So she-
1: And she, the way she talks about Joan Jett, too, is, like... It's, it seems like she yes. has hinted, like, she does not say explicitly. She
2: says it was an intense bond that we had that became a sexual attraction, but never elaborates on it. Yeah. So I want y- my money back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that you were anticipating in the mo- movie some light homoeroticism in the movie
2: it happens they do hook up they do hook yeah, up yeah which is why I was like waiting for that one like at least something actually sexy and fun will happen to mm-hmm. this girl but I mean it's implied that something did happen but she doesn't ever
0: go into it that she doesn't want to write about it yeah,
2: yeah. maybe Joe I think Joan Jet Jed is not out not? yeah or know. like is by slash none of anyone's business yeah Sure, maybe, but you know, maybe in Joan Jett's memoir it goes into it, but I don't know.
1: Does she have a memoir? I don't know. I would
2: I don't know. I would I
0: hope
1: know. so. Put it on the list. <laughs> so that's basically
0: like the the denouement of this book is that it's just like a long, slow uphill into stability.
1: Into Chainsaw. Ba- chainsaw into Chainsaw art,
2: yeah. yeah. And R.I.P. Sandy, um, she gets memorialized Sandy. by a wooden mermaid holding an electric guitar in oh, the damn. Ocean of Malibu. That sounds fucking Oceans
0: sick. of Malibu. Yeah. Good memorial.
1: Good memorial. Exactly.
0: Um, wow. Uh, I do have a few questions. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a lot of questions. But they were huge in Japan. Yeah. Are there any japan stories in this that we miss like what was their experience of of being a sensation in japan in the mid-70s
1: they she talked about being on tour in japan but it sounds like that was when things were just like starting to be really unpleasant
2: she did say that whereas in the u.s and in england and other places they toured that them being teen girl like punk sensei not punks but you know rebels was kind of met with like confrontation and people were wary of them and thought they were kind of scary in japan so they totally got it and they like thought of them as idols right? yeah which also, i think is a famous in japan kind of thing yeah like, like, but i
0: i think that also that's really interesting to me because japan has that such specific culture of teen girl idol yeah music and it's coded in a lot of different ways like often it's like very you know demure but it's it's interesting that they would see something like this and be like oh we get what this act is in a yeah. much clearer way than even in the time than than american audiences would
2: it's a different it almost way reminds me
0: of like baby metal if you guys know what that is no
2: what
1: is that oh oh baby we gotta metal. play
0: some fucking baby metal yeah um
1: she said they got incredible presents from the japanese oh, yes. fans Pearls, silk kimonos, beautiful flowers. (laughs) She said, after a few weeks in Japan, I really, really didn't want to go home. (laughs) Yeah, they were treated very well there.
2: Oh. These are Japanese lolitas doing a choreographed dance to this techno metal.
0: Make, make sure to include that there are gothic Lolitas. Gothic
1: Lolitas, right, 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 right. This is the kind of imagery that I feel like someone like My Chemical Romance would want to put <laughs> in their video, but it would be absolutely like problematic if they did it. Right.
0: We gotta wait for the chorus.
1: Whoa, so there's some pop in there too. Also, this video is um, fulfilling the, like, early idea of music videos of, like, giant arena concert, but not performing to anyone.
0: Also, this song is is about chocolate.
2: There's another song called No Chocolate by C. Memmi from the 70s that's being re-released in a couple weeks on Bitter Lake Recordings. (laughs) Don't ask Only me how. how I know that, but it's because of a tradition in Japan where the girls give boys chocolate on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh yes.
1: weren't well, we just listening to
0: that uh, or reading about that in the context of Kantaro?
1: What giving people the, chocolate?
0: the giving of specific chocolates? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I bring that up because it's it's clear that the Japanese culture has a highly advanced, yellow, uh, like, understanding of female performance or like yeah. high concept female performance. It definitely
2: want, it makes me want to see what other performers and Japanese women were performing in Japan at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Toads. Um, I don't know guys, well, how, well. Do we, how do she, we feel? I feel, you
2: know? I, feel ba- I feel
1: bad. I feel bad. I feel bad for Shuri. I feel but bad I for her, okay. but I also
2: think that, you know, unfortunately that's not even the worst of things that could happen. In that environment, and there's mm-hmm. probably several mm, thousand,
1: hundred million more stories like that. So, I think Jackie Fox, the basis that they pulled in, was raped by Kim Fowley. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Yeah, there that was that, that was. big. There was she that was big the,
0: article a few years ago.
1: She was the one who was found
2: cutting herself in the hotel room. Right. So. In Japan. In Japan. Oh, I'm so sure. sorry. We're trying to, like, bleed <laughs> this
1: out. <laughs> I know. It's impossible. This is
2: what it's, it's like brutal... being a woman, everybody.
0: Yeah. As a host, I want to pull this into a slightly, li- like... Uh, uh, a neat bow. A neat bow, but it it is a, a pretty brutal story. And, you know, I think it is, as we're saying with gender, I think it is striking to, ha- to what extent, you know, we can... Read about Duff McKagan drinking his pancreas into explosion and it being like a fun, funny story Mm -hmm. in the end and how they're because in the end he lives a cool, redemptive rock star guy life. And this is just punishment all the way through.
1: Yeah, I feel like she has overcome her
0: mm -hmm. struggles, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that the idea of like rock star as clown. Like when you're like a male, a male dude Mm -hmm. um, behaving badly, it is maybe more seen as like funny and debaucherous because there isn't that implied, uh, you know, control and uh, string pulling and uh, coercion Mm -hmm. um, that they're just acting like idiots by themselves because they're just like usually a bunch of like smelly dudes in an apartment together. Yeah. As opposed to like like, this was just a totally different situation.
0: Or that even that the the bad things that are happening are things that you are doing on to those around you. You're like this kind of whirling you're for, for men. Mm-hmm. And like, I promise we'll actually do this story one, one day and I won't just keep obliquely referencing it. Mm-hmm. But like in Peter Chris, the drummer from Kisses book, the whole thing has this tone of like, Oh, what was me? I can't believe these, uh, these things were happening to me all the time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like, he was still just like a fabulously rich, like kind of jerk who lived, who mm-hmm. did, drugs until he could literally couldn't do them anymore uh, and like slept with everybody he saw. It's like everything went great for him even right. when he thought that it was like oh, I can't believe that things were
1: falling apart. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean I will say that I don't think Cherie herself would want to be defined by her series of traumas. I think yeah. she's just telling the truth about mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. and that unfor- I mean as unfortunate as it is it is the truth. So
0: yeah, It is very cool that she does chainsaw art. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah! Yeah, I'm sure that's very cathartic. Cathartic. Yeah, totally.
0: Where does she live now?
1: I assume probably Malibu. in in Southern California okay, because why would you live anywhere else? Right.
0: Sure.
1: No more pup and tacos, though. To visit, <laughs> She's just got to go yeah, to normal Taco Bell like the rest of us. That might
2: be the next phase of
1: her life. Open up a new one. Yeah. Hot dogs, tacos, pastrami sandwiches. <laughs>
0: Uh, I the whole eternity. I would go to Shuri and Mary's, pup and taco. I yeah. absolutely would. Um, yeah, same. Well, Oof. well, the Grammys are tonight, guys. Who are, who are your guys? <laughs> who do you do you want to be pulling for? Cardi B. <laughs> for Is
1: that
2: a better win? Something. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a new category this year that's like classic Americana or something, where they have to put all the like bluegrass, like guitar, oh white men in because everyone was complaining that they get all
1: the like rock and roll album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like
0: whenever... um,
1: Every time like John Mellencamp like breathes or whistles, (laughs) it's like, oh, best best fucking
0: rock album. Yeah, yeah, best rock album. Um, Or like... uh, Every time Dave Grohl like... Shows up on YouTube It's like Oh
1: Foo Fighters <laughs> Did it again
0: Robert Plant did an album With somebody like Alison Krauss Yeah with Alison Krauss like right? it-
1: That's like the like Parent record Yeah of like No I listen to new music <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bought I bought the Robert Plant Alison Krauss CD at
0: Starbucks Yeah exactly
1: And it rocks It really rocks it <laughs>
0: Yeah uh, We're
1: gonna bump this In my Volvo <laughs> Oh sick. no
0: I'm already wrong The national one Of course uh,
1: For alternative
0: Yeah for alternative the U two of Park Slope, the national.
1: <laughs> the you know, if Mumblecore were a uh, a rock category, instead yeah, yeah, Mumblecore had drums, yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. Drumblecore. (laughs) Drumblecore. Oh, great. So I just need to joke around a little here at the end. Emily, tell us about your show on k Yeah.
2: Oh, um, it's called Mood Ring. Um, It's not easily definable, except for the fact that I'm in charge. Okay, Um, great. (laughs) Nice. It is. I have a guest every week who's a New Yorker who has some sort of creative pursuit or just lots of opinions on things, as New Yorkers do, and Mm -hmm. talk about the things that have been Influencing me and that person that week, and play a lot of good music in the process.
0: It's a great show. Where can we listen to Kpis?
2: You can listen live at Kpis.fm on Thursdays, seven to nine PM, or you can uh, find the link on my Instagram at moodringm0odring.
1: It's a great gram. Thank you. Ha- it's been swagged, preferred, swagged out. Preferred gram follow. Good aesthetic. Thank uh, you so much. That means so much to me. In <laughs> lieu of any
2: sort of financial monetary com- uh,
1: That'll come later.
0: Yeah, Thank as you. soon as we start getting ad money, guests can get 10% of any given ad- <laughs> oh, episode.
1: I'm holding you to that. I yeah. was going to say, like, you know what? You know, I just... Con on your Instagram, of, like <laughs> uh, Tide Pods or something. Yeah. Tide Pods. Don't eat them. Don't eat them, but <laughs> they wash good. Uh,
0: yeah i just said that off the off the cuff but uh yeah hold, hold us to that if if we ever make money off this guests get 10 percent of each individual episode's re- revenue boom That's
1: very non kim fowley like of you <laughs> okay,
0: well i aspire at every moment to do to do whatever kim valley wouldn't
1: <laughs> nice W W i can't uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> what would kim valley not, not do? do yeah uh good 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 molly do you have anything that you want to plug
1: uh, Not really, just you know, life. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> can. I want to
1: plug can life. Love your Twitter, it's incredible. Oh, no, life life is good. My Twitter, My Twitter is overrated. perpetually underrated. I would just have to say that it is. I just I, feel, I like I like to feel myself on Twitter. I think there's some good tweets in there at Miss Molly Mary. Um, yeah,
0: and I'm twi- on Twitter at say what again? Uh, come for my bi-weekly promotion of this podcast and then a bunch of bad jokes about politics. <laughs> uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at pod, or send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com and our SoundCloud is, as always, at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Pod. Tide pod. pod. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you do go to iTunes to subscribe, please remember to rate and review as well. It apparently makes this podcast easier to find by other people.
1: We've got to game those algorithms, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is life if not the continual gaming of an algorithm? Uh,
0: I'm sorry. We're sorry that this ep was such a, a bummer, but I'm also sorry for the systematic abuse and oppression of women everywhere forever.
1: Thank you, Chris. Uh, Hello, Daddy. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Mom.
0: <laughs> I'm a, just like a sad minor key version of it. I'm the ch- cherry, ch- ch- cherry, ch- ch- <laughs> cherry bomb. Yes. we got that song out of it. Anyway. True. <laughs> and we'll see you in another two weeks. This has been... And... Introducing...